if anyone sent me a video right now and took all the best clips of Gary and made an awesome short film and it turned out great and I love it and I fuck with it, I'll hire you for any other thing. I mean, I, we're open for business. What a lot of people don't do is they don't take that first step. <laughs> Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to Social Convos. And Shanluk, I got to say, welcome back to Suriname. Uh, yeah, I mean, the last, the last two episodes were really, one was like in the middle of a conference. The second one was in the airport in Panama. It was tricky, but we pulled through, we pulled through. And we finally get to do a full episode again and actually have a guest today. So uh, I'm excited about that as well. Yeah, it's been a, been a while that we had a full-blown episode. We had a guest, finally managed to do some schedule. So, Shanluk, tell us, who are we talking with today? This is how I remember it, and he can correct me later when he jumps in if, if I'm wrong. It was in 2014 at the Social Media Marketing World, and there was this networking bingo. That's the conference you were at. Uh, yeah, it was the conference two weeks ago, right? actually oh. now to where I was two weeks ago. And there actually was a networking bingo on the USS Mid, uh, Midway, which is an old ship. And I was searching for somebody who owned an Atari. And I couldn't find anybody who owned an Atari, but I saw somebody with a bow tie and I was like, hey, maybe this seems like a, a cultural dude. So let us, let's ask him, do you own an Atari? And unfortunately he said no, but we did connect afterwards. And that was actually the business partner former business partner of our guest today, Nick. And through Nick, I kind of met everybody in, in the group, which has a name, which we shall not call. But one of those members was D-Rock. And I remember at the time, this is really funny and he can tell the full story. They were calling out all those names of speakers. They were like, hey, we went to this session and that session. And I had no idea who these speakers were. And then even at some point, he was saying like, Nick was saying to me, uh, David's going to make a video for Gary Vaynerchuk. I had no idea who Gary Vaynerchuk was. So without further ado, we like to introduce the very talented, often more behind the camera, but finally in front of the camera, especially for everybody watching today and listening to this episode, the one and only D-Rock. D-Rock, welcome to the show. Uh... I think you're mute, still on mute. Yeah. Classic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you guys? I'm good. Well, I'm good. I'm so what, uh, what do you remember from 2014? Yeah. I mean, listen, that was a different time in, in general. I, I wasn't D-Rock. I was David. I was working with Nick Parks, who was my partner in crime on a podcast called the Launching Creative Podcast. We interviewed a ton of different people, like 30, 40 entrepreneurs, um, and creatives and our mission was to educate the youth or the up and coming creative on like how to be more professional being a creative. Like, Hey, there weren't, there weren't a lot of resources out there, like how to invoice, how to prepare for your taxes, how to like, there weren't a lot of things like that. So we started a blog and we started a podcast and again, we interviewed a bunch of different people. And I remember one night in like a February, 
this cold. Nick was like, hey, let's go to this conference. This guy Gary's talking at it. Like, we go to the conference, and yes, Gary Vaynerchuk, he walks out on stage. You know, a lot of the people that we were interviewing before, awesome people are incredible people, but they, when Gary walked out, he had sneakers, jeans, a hoodie, uh, a bit of long cap. We just got a flight from, like, London. I was like, wow, this guy is, like, cool. Like, I felt the coolness in him. And I was like, that night I went back and watched every video I possibly could about him. He didn't have a ton. I didn't know about the wine side of him, but he had a few keynotes online and a few like healthy videos or videos that either Nate or Andy K. He still are with Gary filmed back in the day. So that's kind of like, so then I just started watching all these videos and yeah, I eventually got the opportunity. So this wasn't the conference you met Sean Luke at, right? This was a different Not conference? conference. No, no, no. This was just the first one. And then, yeah, when we got uh, down to uh, social media marketing world, this was like my big first conference. Like, I had never been like in the marketing, like advertising world. I had never thought about social media other than like what we did for our blog. And so, yeah, I don't remember the bow tie Nick parts. Like, I don't remember the Atari thing. I just remember you being one of us immediately. I remember, like, we all just started hanging out together. So, what was there, like, four, five, five of us? Yeah, it was, it was a group. And and I actually... Good group. Yeah. I actually jumped in later in the... In, during the event. Like, in the first couple of uh, days, I was, I was completely... I was lost. There were so many sessions. There were so many speakers. It was... And it was how big. Yeah. yeah, and, and back then it was still in the Hyatt. Now it's in the convention center, so it's even oh, bigger really? now. Yeah, but but it I was... have, I have back. I'm in that. No, yeah. Seriously, seriously. Okay, but but I also remember that you were in uh, video and editing music videos as well, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, the blog and the podcast that Nick and I were doing were not bringing any money. I mean, just like for us to build a brand, we were learning how to do social media, learning how to podcast, learning how to build something. And then I, I was a freelancer at the time. So I was filming and editing, you know, music videos, often for free, Kickstarter videos, wedding videos, restaurant videos, corporate videos. Like I was kind of just trying to figure it out what I was good at. And yeah, that's kind of where I was. It- you said the the podcast and the blog weren't, weren't bringing in money. If you had to break it down, what was the the, the mainstream of, of income back then? Was it more like the weddings, corporate stuff? Yeah, it was all, it was all the corporate wedding videos and corporate videos. I remember like the restaurant videos were paying me twenty dollars, and I I got a meal. Like that was like it was like that was the wow. I did like so many of those because I did not have money, was living on my own. Did not have food. And I said, you know what? You know, two hours, me film, me edit, it worth a nice proper meal. You know? And then I would save that meal for two meals. And I would just like split it and portion it out. So we had something for the day after. And this was all in New York, right? You're, you're based in New York? Yeah, this was all in New York. So for, for people listening, I'm, I'm curious to know what's so special about New York and like how... Like all, all the big stuff happens in New York. If you look at the mainstream media, is that just media or what's so special yeah, about think, New York for you? I think it's media and brand, you know, like New York is known as the epicenter of the world almost like financial, fashion, all these things. And I think 
that's the long-term effects of brand. And other than that, I just love the energy and the grit and the people that are here, you know, that's kind of my thing. I like, I like that we're all kind of figured out and hustle and like everyone, everyone here, if you walk me outside, it's figuring out how to make it, you know? And I think that's super interesting. So from a perspective, from somebody outside of the U.S., when do you prefer a career in L.A.? And when do you prefer a career in New York? So I'm, I'm a big fan of both. I always, I've always wanted, like, I always wanted my coach though. But now I'm leaning even more towards three, which is L.A., New York, and Miami. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I love, like, Latin culture. I'm, like, I crave it. And so, and I like the heat. I have family down there. And a lot of people, a lot of my really good friends are moving down to Miami right now. So just good networking, good vibes, good energy. Okay. Miami is quite close to Suriname. We have some friends jumping in. You're getting a virtual hug from Stockholm. And uh, Nikhil, Nikhil also jumped in. He says, my role, my role model. So so you, you should know that you have some fans in Suriname, like a lot of... I do it. And I, I appreciate them. I think the one thing I've, I'm always leery of or cautious of and why I haven't done a lot of podcasts until this year is that I, my whole thing was, you know, I, we're hiring kids all the time. People that come in and out of our doors. A lot of times when people come and work for us, they kind of build their brand and they think that's what their, their purpose is. They come in and build their personal brand. And to me, it's like, I came into work. I came into fucking work my dick off, make the best videos, you know, build up Gary and brand. That's the thing I love to do, but. You know, over time I was sitting, you know, I'm editing, I'm building and editing Gary, right? And he's just like, put content, put out content, put out content. So at some point I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to put out stuff. Even some of my like teammates, like Andy and Tyler and Dunwin were like, what are you doing? Like, why do you like, don't stop trying to be like Gary. And then over time it just started to build and accumulate. I did all the right things. I engaged in my community. I tried to provide value. I tried to be honest and. Yeah, I know there's a few people that follow me and I, I appreciate every single one of them, you know? But I really I really do think in this world right now, everyone's so focused on me, 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 my brand, my thing. What I think a lot of young should focus on is go work for somebody who's doing it, learn. Do the stuff on the side, like when you're walking to the bathroom or jumping into the subway like I did, don't let it take away from your work. But come in and like put in your true effort and then on the side work on your brand and stuff. I think that's the right formula. Too many people come in. I would see it lately. They're editing their own videos. I'm like, they're at work right now. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you know? And I mean, I've always been extra cautious, overprotective of Gary. I'm not here to get the limelight. I'm here to help build an awesome brand, you know? Help build an awesome brand. and. He's built an amazing brand just to say, but just to come back to getting that, you know, first job with Gary, I, I, I read the blog post you wrote a few years ago on how you got the job. And there's a nice quote you put here, hard work and intent play a huge role in serendipity. And sometimes you just got to work for free. And with all this new, the way work has been shifting and, you know, that there's this constant debate on creatives working for free and saying, Hey, we got to get paid. So of course, listen, 
Yeah, listen, yeah. I, I'm writing a book. I'm actually writing a book on this. It's called How to Get Your Dream Job. And the premise is work for free. What people don't realize when you work for free is that you're in full control of what you're giving the other person. Like people think all of a sudden, hey, I want to work for free. And then they take a job that people are bossing them around in that weird way. And it's like, guys, it's just like any relationship. You got to set boundaries, right? Hey, how do you put food on the table? Well, you got to work another job. So, hey, I got to work four days a week, five days a week on this. I have 7 p.m. to midnight to work on your work, or I have the other two days to work on your work. But then people are like, yeah, but like, what about my weekend? The work life balance. Well, you have to decide what you want. And I, my thing about working for free, because I've done it so much in the past, not just for Gary, is that it just gives me more at bats, more opportunity, more, more, more ways to like prove yourself. You know, for me, working for free, oh, wait, how can I make this product better for me? Because it ultimately that will be the best product in the end for the client. And so, uh, yeah, but then let's go back to the working, how I got my job. Yeah. I offered, I offered my, my services for free quite a few times via email. Didn't happen. Didn't, no, no contact. And I remember this story a few years ago and it really warmed my heart because I was like, I was like, what, how did I, like, what moment was it? And you know, I'm ghetto. I'll like carry my lighting, my tripod, my, my, my camera, my, my, my mics and everything on me. And I walk through the subway. I look like the nook, like the hunchback of nook. <laughs> like all so the all over. Yep. And it was pouring rain one day, pouring rain. It was absolutely drenched. And you know, I, I'm going to this job. I go do the job. It's my highest paying job that I've ever had as a freelancer. I made like $800 that day. And I was like, wow, this is nice. And I was like, fuck it. I'm not going back in that subway. I'm going to take a taxi cab. Back in the day in New York in 2014, uh, subway didn't really have cell phone service. So I wouldn't have been able to look in my messages as much. Now you can kind of get away with it. Just like watching, but you can get away with like getting service in the subway. Because I got in that cab, I happened to be on Twitter when Gary tweeted, Hey, I'm trying out this app called kick K I K. And he was like a chatting app back in the day. And he's like, come download it and make a username and come talk to me. It's almost like Gary saying, Hey, come try out Snapchat or come try out TikTok or try music or your Meerkat. Like it's like one of those tweets. I tweeted out, like, I downloaded it right away because I had service, made a username within minutes. Sent him a one minute video I had made of this boxer guy motivational video. And I was like, Hey, I can do this for you for free. And he said, what immediately let he connected me immediately with Douglas who was on his team at the time. And that's how I got the opportunity to follow Gary around for a day. So basically you reached out to him on a totally new platform where no one was on yet. I had from- never used it before. It was, it was just like chatting app. Now I think a lot of teenagers use it. Teenage users use it for set things and stuff, but <laughs> Gary and I put up on kick yeah. and I'm just, I'll yeah. keep that. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a kick account once. I don't remember my password. I probably won't be able to get back in. Yeah, no. but but it's, it's, it's typical. It sounds very typical of him. And yeah, it's the opportunity. 
And I think. And, and, and again, if that is a hard work and intent yeah. play a role in serendipity, my intent was good. I wanted to fucking do a good video for them. I didn't need anything for them. I would just need the video to market myself to get more clients. I was like, oh, if I can get Gary, I can get five other entrepreneurs. It worked, by the way. I made the video. I got like Ted Rubin, a bunch of Chris Brogan, a bunch of other people that were at social media marketing world. Yeah. I actually hit them up one-on-one. Like, yo, I didn't need it for Gary. I got the job. So hard work and intent ran a whole role in that like moment there. Because again, I couldn't take them to the subway. But because I had hustled so hard, taking on so many free clients, and I got the most paying job that I'd ever gotten, I was able to take a taxi. This was a luxury at the time for me. And I got the role. Is there any other project aside from projects you did for Gary that you think, oh, this is like one of my proudest moments ever. And you know, that's kind of underappreciated, like we are being flooded by out. It's not underappreciated. Listen, I don't have any audacity in terms of underappreciation. What I, when I've, I've come to, there's again, back to doing free work. We, I worked on so many client videos, so many Kickstarter videos, so many wedding videos, corporate videos, it was draining my soul. I was like, I need to make like something like motivational. And I always wanted to make films like the pursuit of happiness or seven pounds or, you know, Jason Bourne, obviously, but I love, I love those films, but so I wanted to make something like action, adventurous, motivational. So my buddy, Stefan, college, uh, buddy of mine would come in every weekend and we would shoot stuff for fun. And we would just make random things. The first project we made was a one minute video called Drive. And it was a basketball, in playing basketball with like motivational music and a motivational flow. And that video for free worked on it, my passion project. That's what I got all my, most of my paid work from. It was that one video because I kept sending that around. Not my corporate bullshit stuff or the Kickstarter video, the stuff that I did that I loved and I cared about. And again, the second installment of that was the short term called Courage. And that's the video I sent Gary. Okay. But, but quickly about the at-bat, because you mentioned the at-bat, like you need to have more at-bats. And a, a lot of times people have like the aspiration to do it. But then when they actually have to make the videos and put in the effort, can you explain like a little bit how much it helps when you've done a hundred videos to make that the next one and how much easier it goes when you have yeah, to send bets? I mean, this is a cliche. This is, you know, LeBron James shooting free throws. This is, you know, the same thing as any, any talented person how to put in reps. Just like when you go to the gym to work out and get the muscles, you have to do the work. And so the hundred videos, yeah, you had no, because I did so many reps, I was ready for the moment at the time. But, but what skill is like, what's, is there, are there certain skills that you were like, wait a minute, these are really kind of skills. Like people don't think about that only when you've really done a lot of editing, you re realize how important that skill is. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I got lucky. I was homeschooled. And so my mom was very much into like, you need to, like, she was a creative herself a little bit, but she like pushing my creative energy a lot. And she like, okay, we're going to draw, you're going to write, you're going to, you're going to do music, you're going to act a little bit. So I dabbled in so many things when I was a kid 
um, that, that kind of like was the base for me when I, I played the violin, the piano, the guitar and the penny whistle, I think that was a random one. I think those me understanding and learning music actually really helped my, my editing. Like if you pay attention to like my edits, a lot of my edits are based upon the music. So for me, I think that's an underrated skill that I think I bring to the table. I, I want to get it. Okay. Quickly, quickly. I want to know how much time, especially with the daily fees, how much time goes into finding the right, the right sound or the right music? So, so hard, so hard. I mean, listen, if I would not filming or editing daily V, I would DMing and going on SoundCloud and trying to find any independent artist I could. And that's kind of how that was. And it was just, I spent hours doing it with ask a lot of people, Hey, I know you don't know who Gary is. He's a entrepreneur guy. Can we use some of your hip hop music, please? Did that fuck time. And now like the whole, it's so funny. The whole thing is flipped. I'm getting messages every day. Here's music, here's music, here's music. Yeah. A lot of time on music. I bang my head off. I cannot. So how my editing of daily V happens is capture 12 hours, 17 hours, 18 hours, 19 hours, whatever length of time. And then chop, 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 chop until it's like down to like a good solid 45 minutes. If that like, where I'm trying to get the blog like under 30, I would like chop, chop, chop to 40. And then I'd have to sit there and try to listen to every song and just go, no, 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 no. And yeah, keep doing that over and over again. So, so, so basically, technically you can't really edit a daily fee in one day. I can. Yeah, you can. <laughs> is, is that capturing the day and editing? No, but it's very hard. It, so I've done that. You, I've done that. Now it's those were some dark times. I remember I went two months, three months where I would film and edit the vlog and get it out at that day. And that was insane. What, how you do it is you got to, while you're filming, you got to take notes. What I do is I take pictures on my camera of the timestamp of something I remember, I, I wanted here and I want to remember. So if you go through my phone right now, I have so many pictures of like the timestamp and then I use Instagram stories to write a note and like, I would drop like a fireball emoji. I would drop like the two eye emoji if Gary looked at me and like, that's a moment. Like that's kind of like our system now. And so that helped me like track what was important, what was memorable. And then, but it's, to your point, it's very hard, you know, a lot of credit goes to my buddy and fellow editor, Tyler Babin. He, I would film and hand him a memory card and he would edit the whole thing the next day and get it out. And that's hard because he had no context. Yeah. And I, I, I can imagine. Watch through and edit. And like, he was a beat. Like, by the time he was done with that, I was handing him memory card for next stuff. Like, we were just like, da 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 da. He's now gone off to go work for Hassan Minaj. Incredibly talented dude, love it. I always admire that kid. He's such a, a beast. No, I, I can only imagine how, how dark those times must have been cranking out those, those daily V's. And speaking of the daily V's that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There is, there is one more moment during quarantine. We lived like four blocks away from each other. And then like that time where like people started coming out. I, I was free. I was working on a huge project, uh, at Vayner. And I, I finally got out of that project. It was mid-June. 
I texted out her like, yeah, I'm bringing two bottles of wine for she get shit faced. And so we just talked about all the dark times that we went through. It was the most in the moment. It was everyone like, oh my God, we went through. But yeah, it, it, it was fun. Sorry. I didn't tell that. So, but, but coming back to the daily feeds real quick, you mentioned, you know, you were brought up with a lot of creativity and I, I've watched a few of those daily feeds and you know, this, I, I know there's a storytelling in combination with the music, trying to build suspense and just trying to elevate the feeling in the viewer. So is there a particular like daily V for you that sticks out? Like, Hey, did this is. Yeah, now I Daily Beat 14 was kind of like where I knew that we had something big. You got to remember, like, Gary said no to me blogging it. He said no. He flat out said, I don't want that. Casey Neistat had just come out with all his vlogs. He was doing it every day. I was like, yo, that's cool, that's cool. Yeah, I was like, no. Gary had me film a bunch of, like, basketball videos for him. Like, we would wait about, like, 5 a.m. to, like, go play basketball at the YMCA. And I was filming it for him and his buddies. I had done that probably at least five, six times. And one day I was just like, fuck it. I, I showed up to film the basketball thing. And then I went and, and filmed Gary at his next meeting. And if you go to the Daily V1 and you look at it, you're going to see I'm across the street. Gary's on his phone. He looks up and he's like a little confused. And that's because I just showed up and started filming and making like, and then I edited it and that was Daily V1. So again, he wasn't really like convinced. By the time Daily V1, it was awesome. It was like through the race. It was like, we're doing this. But Daily V14 just brought me so much joy. I don't know, just something about the editing about that really just was my favorite. Stood out to me. I think it's the, the chef I grew up. 24 7. Yeah, I, yeah, I got up here. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, there's that one in Daily V12. There's Daily V12 and Daily V14. So I do have to ask now, because you just mentioned that the daily fee kind of, it gradually falls being like, you were like, wait, this is going to work. And Gary being like, eh, how much yeah. credit? And I know you're humble about it, but how much credit should you get for as Gary fee? I, I don't, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> and that it truly, it truly isn't important. What I will say, but really on a good, like social, like a good learning moment for everybody. Yeah. I, I will not take credit for that. I'll, I'll keep saying like, yo, I did that, but I won't ask for credit or deem that necessary. What I like the most, just like a cool thing is like before the Daily Bees, we were filming Ask Gary V and you know, we were doing that. We were like in the hundreds at that point. The Ask Gary V book was coming out. If you watch a lot of the early episodes, they're like all about the new book coming out and then, you know. We had never really done, we had done like a few one-off videos, like a Twitter video, a Snapchat video. Um, there's not much else. And then one day on Sunday night, Gary texts me, no, 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 bro, I need this. I need to help. People hate their jobs. No, 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 no. I need to, I need to, I need to build something. Meet me outside my apartment at 7 a.m. So I'm like, okay, we've never done that before. I'm like, it's time to go. Let's fucking go. I go out. It's 7 a.m. outside of his apartment in the Upper East Side. I pull my camera and it's the Monday, Funky Monday video. <laughs> At the time, Gary's Facebook page had gone from zero to 500,000 in the span of 10 years. Like he had been, he had been working on it. He had been doing this thing, jamming on it. I got that video live at like 8.45. Like went right away to the office, 
edit it, put it out. In a week, his page went to a million followers. Wow. We were like, what? What? I completely dealt. That was our first like viral moment. Then what ended up happening was now fast forward to we're filming daily V's. We're in a, we're in this episode where Charlemagne the God and just others podcast, the comedian Andrew Schultz was doing in this podcast called the Brilliant Idiot Podcast. And I remember this one like moment and it was like the flash bulb went up again of like, this is the Monday morning video. It was Gary talking about how Prince had to like work as a janitor to get studio time. And that's how he fucking bled, he bled his eyes out for his fucking dream. I chopped that video up. We put that video out. The same thing happened. Absolute virality. That's when Gary, Andy and I all looked at each other and said, wait a minute. Daily V is not just for the blog. It's to gather the micro sawdust. And that's when we started doubling down on the clips. And that's where the content, out. that's kind of where the content pyramid came from. That where, no, that's where the volume, yeah, yeah. like we were doing 150 to 200 pieces of content a day across all social platforms. You can't do that without the daily V. Yeah. Like, without yeah, it's just a massive, like, because, yeah, you just need to need access. You need Gary to spit one word in the right way. Again, Gary says 14 things. You know, really, like if you really pay attention to him, there's not a lot of things he talks about, but those 14 things, we say it over and over and over and over in different ways to try to get into people's yeah, head. The message you get to them. Yeah. So that's, it's interesting. That's the power of like the daily V, the power of Gary, the power of the machine, the power of what we've built over the last few years. But you also have to have enough interest in the topics at hand. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. because I think where a lot of people struggle who try to replicate what you're, what you guys are doing is they want to kind of get the micro content out of it, but they don't have somebody who can go to two hours, three hours of footage and be like, Hey, nugget one is around the 30 minute mark. Sure. Nugget two yes. is. Sure. I mean, listen, I, I was lucky. I, I watched Wilson. The reason why I'm here. And it's funny timing now because of what just happened. Yeah, and the reason why I'm here is because when I was a kid, there was YouTube came out, the whole platform, and some kid edited this nine minute video of Gary, uh, Will Smith talking about a secret success. I watched that video so many fucking times that like, I, it became what I believed and it became, like, you know, him talking about you gotta lay the brick as perfectly as you gotta lay that brick. Talking about when he got on the treadmill, he was either gonna die or you were gonna get off. Like he was gonna die on that treadmill and he was gonna beat you, like outwit, uh, comp compete. And so I already had like these motivational things. I always knew what I liked. Even at the gym, I would like listen to like motivational mashups. So I think for me, that was just part of my homework. And so like, yeah, I agree that it's hard to find, but I think. I think what people struggle with in terms of like people trying to do what we're doing is they want what Gary has right now. And what everyone keeps forgetting is yeah, the Gary to it before me, before me. And this is why I'll never take credit or really Gary anything before me. You have already a thousand videos. Five in a week of wine videos for three and a half fucking, that's a thousand episodes. Now I always tell people, Hey, you know, we're eight years in now, me and Gary. Gary did three years of a thousand episodes. 
before you even think about having what we have, you got to do the three, you got to put it in a thousand episodes. Once you had a thousand episodes, then I'll be ready to be like, okay, now here's how you should like think about your personal brand. Because it's not possible without all those reps. Again, back to the reps. You just have to have them. I think that's a nice transition to the personal brands that you mentioned. And you said, you, you know, you know, you're not going to take credit, but focusing on the personal brand that you're kind of building as D-Rock and Made By, could you talk to us about what Made By is and where that idea came from and the message yeah. you're trying to uh, spread through it? Yeah, I've always like wanted to make stuff. Like I just want to make anything kind of thing. I've always like, I, like right now, because I, I knew videography and that's what I went to, I did two years at a community college for radio TV broadcasting. So I knew it, that's what I did. And then I ended up being somewhat okay at it that, you know, I've now built a career. I've always wanted to put out a novel, write a book about my experiences, come up with an awesome motion picture film, cartoons throughout the year because I worked on motivational stuff. I started slapping my motivational quotes on hoodies. And I was like selling them. I made a couple hundred of each one and just keep selling them. Shout out to my guy, Syed from Wildwood. He helped me so much. He let me like, talk about a guy who let me do stuff for free. He didn't charge me at all to produce the hoodies. I didn't take any of the profit, but he gave me the tools necessary to put stuff out there into the world. Big love to him. I love that dude. Fucking crushing it. He's up in Canada somewhere. But then like, over time, I started really becoming into like fashion and like understanding like what this brand does actually. I really respect the fuck out of Ronnie being in Kiss. There's a lot of cool brands coming out right now that I really respect. And so yeah, made by to me, it's just going to be a container to put the stuff that I want to make into. So, you know, I had thought of so many different brand names that I went through. And eventually one day I was like walking through New York City trying to figure it out. And I had seen something like made in China or something made in or made. I was like, what if I just go made by? And then that's kind of like where, you know, that came from. And so I'm looking forward to it. Listen, this is not going to be something that comes out in the next year. I'm like, set, set school. Like, this is going to be a 10 and 12 year thing that hopefully by like, we're 41, 42, I'm like looking at a really cool brand that I built. New York culture, fashion, global, NFTs clothing, everything, you know, I want to do like made by Prada, made by BMW, made by whatever. Right. I think that's the beauty of the name. Yeah, that it's I, a nice open end. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it could be literally made by, you know, rest in peace. My biggest dream was Virgil Abloh. Like made by Virgil Abloh would have been the creme de la creme of like what I wanted, you know? Um, so yeah. I'm excited about it. Okay. Before you, because you mentioned the word NFT, but we're not going to jump on that one yet. We're big head. <laughs> no, we're not. Okay. Before we do that, just one of the questions from one of our viewers. Stefan, uh, respect for constantly creating content on various outlets. How do you deal with creative burnouts? And let me rephrase it. Have you ever had a burnout? How? Every day. <laughs> I mean, all the time. Not yeah, every day, okay. but all the time. I listen. Back to like just going back to Gary's world and everything because that's who I'm born and read that now. Gary is so a businessman. He so wants things fast. He wants things more. He wants as much as possible and creative, right? I want as nicely little as possible 
that a uh, good audio, clean when you get some cool B-roll. And so in those like two contradictions in a way, we kind of like pulled apart and it was like the osmo, you know, like the super energy thing where they pull and it has it like center. That's where I think Gary Brand kind of like really started to like become something different. Because again, he wasn't just a talking head. It wasn't just Ask Gary B or Aquino. Now they're like short films, daily vlogs that had like some cinematic qualities. So yeah, Gary Smead and Mead or content broke my creative blocks down a lot because at some point I just had no other option. I just had to fucking get it out. And I think what Gary taught me is you have so many at bat. Like even like when we got into like adding in new videographers, I would be like, ah, I really don't want to give this up. And he's like, bro, you can film tomorrow, you know? And so like that taught me to like learn how to like start getting over that. Real, that's like macro macro though. A real practical tool that I've learned is, you know, as creatives, we all have those moments where we're on fucking fire. We're like, yo, this is, I can, I can make 10 videos today. I can put out 12 tweets and I have all the things in the world to say. And then there is the other day where you're like, I can't even get one video out. What the fuck? I don't deserve this. What am I doing? And I think that I've learned to balance those two. Like when I'm feeling it, just allow myself to fall in. Do as much as fucking possible. Crank on as much as I can. Then on the days where I'm not feeling it, do the bullshit email stuff. Do the fucking calendar. Do the other meaningless tasks that you have to do. Do the health insurance. Submit your taxes. Like do that stuff. And then also like on days where, okay, that's nice, but it's a job you have to deliver content. I would just like, what I ended up doing was, because I ran out of ideas, Go look at a bunch of other people's stuff, screenshot, say, copy, and try to replicate it, but in our own way. And I think that helped me get over the creative block that I didn't really have to create. I just had to more copy and manipulate and change up. So that that's a real practical way to kind of get over creative block, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like the, the constraints kind of help you push you to your limits and, you know, you got so many hours to dish out, dish out, done is better than perfect, I often hear. And that's, and that's because, like, again, Gary's like, hey, we need to put out four Instagram videos today. And it's like, cool, all right, we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, there's just like, we got to figure it out. There's no, like, if he like, why is it taking so long? Well, we need to make it look better. No, you don't. Just get it out. And then it's the thing. You yeah, you, you get those 10,000 iterations of uh, semi-perfect stuff. But yeah, that, that was a bit about the made by and kind of makes sense, you know, building that brand slowly for yourself as yeah. well and making it easy to collaborate. It, it just speaks for itself. I can't, I can't, but like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like half, like trying to move down all the time in the end. I'm so excited. So if there's any brand that want to collaborate, let me know. So quickly before we go to the NFT part, how did you get over, you've done this like eight, eight plus years now with Gary and pre-Gary, other Seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half. Uh, and getting into people's DMs and getting, building that relationship and actually coming to that collaboration. How do you yeah. get over that hurdle of, you know, reaching out? Oh my God, it's the easiest thing ever. It's free. Listen, I've, <laughs> I, I wish I had Instagram at the time when I was like trying to be like a videographer and stuff. I, I was on Craigslist every single day making ads, five ads a day. 
I'm like, hey, nothing you're allowed. You're allowed five ads a day. And then I had a little hack where you could also renew three old ones. So the like five active listings and can renew three other ones. I was writing titles all the time. Hey, if you need, if you need a Kickstarter video, hey, wedding videographer and editor or hire. Uh, corporate video editor here. We'll work as remote editor. Hey, offering a free video if you can do this. Like, I would come up with titles and images and stuff all the time to market myself. Instagram DMs are the best. And I had to wait for people to get to me. And I'd be like, fuck, like, what am I doing? Instagram DMs and Twitter DMs or TikTok and LinkedIn are, are blessed for people that want to, like, really hustle and get it out there. Yeah, and like people yeah, again, it's free advertising. The worst that can happen is they don't read it. The second worst thing that can happen is they read it and then they leave you on unread. And then <laughs> the third worst thing that can happen is you get the opportunity, right? And you get in that bat and you fail. That's those are all the bad things. All the good things is massive upside. Yeah, there's not even like in my head a negative. Then and if it's on a crowded platform, you're going to Or what a lot of people want to do too is actually kind of listen first to the person that they uh, are reaching out to and see what they need. If I don't need something, you offering it 10,000 times in DMs is A, lack of class, not uh, strategic, and also does a bad thing for you too. You're just being a goddamn annoying, you know? A lot of people got to balance all that stuff. Yeah, because that was the next question, of course, because now the rules have kind of changed around and now you're the one getting like hundreds to even thousand DMs a week. How, have you, have you found a system for that? No, that's why, let's go back to that original quote, hard words and serendipity by a play. There's a kid in my DM I know right now is probably the next biggest videographer ever. And I just can't, but I didn't see his message. He's messaged me probably a hundred times. I just haven't seen it so, or not in the moment, in the mood to like respond in that, like tune in right now. So, so what's your I, platform? What? What's your kick platform that you're using? <laughs> you saying? No, I think, I think mine is if you guys, if anyone sent me a video right now, and took all the best clips of Gary and made an awesome short film and it turned out great and I love it and I fuck with it, I'll hire you for any other thing. I mean, I, we're open for business. What a lot of people don't do is they don't take that first step. So I'm waiting for that. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So make that video, share it wherever Drux online, Instagram, Twitter, and yeah. some piscated platform that's yet to be found. You know how many, yeah, do you know how many pe people I pulled that to? So many people. And you know how many people email me? Zero. Wow. You know? But, hey, you're back. So yeah. e email would be <laughs> the straight, most straightforward way. Yeah, I mean. But again, a lot of people just don't even do the opportunity. They don't even take that. I just said, hey, I will hire you if you take all the best clips of Gary, edit it down. If I didn't have, if Gary like, hey, thank you, great time, you gotta go, I would be, I would, and it's funny also because in the back of my head, it was Kanye West or Jeff Bezos 
that I would have literally downloaded as much footage as I possibly could of them, around them, and edit a dope little mini doc off of what I could. And just be like, how do I get this in front of him? And say, hey, I want to do this for you. And I would do that for free. But that's also an entrepreneurial mindset, I think. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So we can't jump in. We were at a conference together, John Luke, where we were at a social media marketing and entrepreneurship conference. You know, I, before Gary, I always had that mindset, you know, yeah. always. So shall we unpack that word? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to know, and maybe this is a, a creepy question to ask. You just said, don't ask creepy questions, but we have to ask. No, are you I did the end and be a creep. We're not yeah. Are you, are you, are you allowed to disclose? Actually, are people working for Fader Media allowed to have fee friends and book game slogans? Yeah. I mean, okay. listen, it's a free market. You don't get, you don't automatically get. <laughs> I think, you know, to me, for it, his parent Gary gave me one and a few of the select people on our team that when we all went to Malibu for 10 days and worked our dicks off every single minute. And it's kind of like his way of like, a bonus structure, you know, and he was able to like give us a friend for our hard work, which is super generous, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I was going to that, that point, I have like one of what we call a goo, Gary right. originally owned friend, and then I bought the other one. So did you buy it at Mint? Because I, I, I remember at Mint, I bought it at Mint on com at the floor price when I ran it. Because no, I there's no like inside trading. There's no like, hey, employees get first look or employees yeah, It's free for all. The market's the market. Because I I remember Gary putting out a, a video on during the launch and before everything got sold out and then everything got sold out. He mentioned that a lot of people within the company and and on the team didn't get in on it. Did you? What was your view on NFTs like one year ago? Uh, did you hear about it? Uh, did you see the well, yeah, potential so or was it just, hey, Gary's doing this? Pre previous March, we were with the Malibu to film the project. February, January, or February, Gary called me and like 10 other people like in our, in our circle and he was like, hey, we've been buying sports cards for years now. Buying and selling sports cards. I have a whole like Pokemon collection, some LeBron James, some stuff that I've been like purchasing through eBay. And he's like, guys, this is going to be very weird and random, but I need you to buy this item. And we're like, what is it? It's a link and it's a link to CryptoPunks. And, and I'm like, guys, this is $30,000 and it looks like a kid do it on paper. What, what are you talking about? He's like, guys, sell assets and buy CryptoPunks. And so, you know, I went through the process, went through my collection and sold a bunch of my cards and then eventually got it converted into ETH. Eventually had my wallet and eventually was able to purchase crypto parts. But they went up from the time when Gary told us. So that's when I first heard about NFTs. Then come May, we're draw I'm sorry, March, we are filming a bunch of I mean we're filming the Malibu, Gary Dry Beat Red, and you know, we're looking at him like, bro, like awesome sketches and everything, but like why don't we use all of your resources and get a 3D animator and everything? <laughs> and it's like, no, I want it to be myself. And in right first back, it's the best thing he could have ever done. Him being authentic himself and having his original art out there, he's got to be one of the most well-known, well 
It's what is going to just be a well-known artist and a brilliant business mind because of that. And so, yeah, I had heard about Veep and Athene or Veep and, but then after March, when we were in Malibu, I hop on a Zoom call at 3 p.m. to Gary on a Tuesday. And it's me, Gary, Lima, my co-partner in this Vayner production thing that we're working on, and Tyler, who's from 1.37 p.m. And then another random man pops up on the screen, and it's Mike Beeple. And Beeple pops on, and he's like, hey, guys, like, Tyler, like, yo, this guy's about to have a sale in a few days. I think we should, like, maybe make some content around it. So we're like, okay, like, we'll fly tomorrow. And Gary's like, no, 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 no. Just like, <laughs> and it's 3 p.m. I'm living in Jersey at the time. I'm in the Manhattan office. The only flight out of JFK is at six. Like I have to go. And so like, I only, I had whatever gear I had in the office. Gary like come up to my apartment on the Upper East Side on your way to the airport. He gave me two pairs of underwear, two socks, and said, you're going to South Carolina. We ran in the house the next day. We started filming immediately. The next day after that, it was sale. And that's kind of, we made a whole documentary about the people sales and NFT. So. I've gotten a lot of knowledge now throughout the months, but yeah. So by the time Beep came out in May, I had already known that like this NFT thing was not like, going to be a chip, you know? So what, what kind of, do you own NBA Top Shots? What? Do you own NBA Top Shots? No, I'm on like, Top Shots, Beep Reds, and then uh, the motherfuckers. And, uh, and, then, like, and then a bunch of random other projects that like, Fans are sending me, or I'm like me, and part of like world of women. I got weapons for women. I got one, which I love the founder, it's a sweetheart. And then a bunch of other random and hijabi queers, they've been super nice. And a bunch of, yeah, again, other random projects. I, I saw your Twitter feed recently that you were collecting book games because, uh, yeah. did you get any book games though? I have, I have, I have, yes. What was it after the fact? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have any at the time. I, it was the first project I bought F51, Gary B. Sneakers, every book possible. And I just didn't have the liquid at the time uh, to buy the new book because I was over invested in the fucking crypto world and the sports cards and just didn't buy it. And it was made for snake. I made it. And you are flipping uh, Pokemon cards uh, to, to get them. Yeah, I was trying to sell as much as I can right now for V version 2 of VPN as it comes out in April. So, so one thing I'm curious about, uh, just sidetracking here uh, is the PSA grading on the Pokemon cards and the, the recently zero cool drops of the VPNs. Yeah. How yeah. does PSA grading work in, in collectibles, physical collectibles? If you could break yeah. that down. I mean, it's pretty simple. These are the two, wait, hold on. These are two of identical same cards. Pokemon, you get here red sheets, the other red sheets there, and one is a nine and one is a 10. It's all based upon the quality of what they deem at PSA subjectively of what a perfect card is. Okay, See, very this, is where, this is where it goes wrong for me. I have like a box here with 1990s NBA playing cards and like none of them, none of them are sealed. Like. These are like, and that's why I kind of like NFTs a little bit more is because if the quality, yeah, 
it's a yeah, little bit and if were like sports cars being the they would throw us up an era where they did, but the supply and demand. That's what NFT it's you know, it's hard right now because everyone is watching oh yep, ten thousand mint lunks or whatever they want to call them. And it's a way to watch or a big board lonely yacht club, you know, like it's like Guys, please stop. Like, you got to become original and give access. And I think access and utility, like Gary said all the time, right now, NFTs are art and a little bit of utility. The whole world is going to shift to this in the next few years. It'll be interesting. You're going to buy like, a car using NFTs. You're buying homes. You know, there's a company out in Europe that was talking to that. You, you, they have NFTs. You buy, you can invest for like 100 bucks. You own a piece of real estate as an investment property, and if they ever sell or rent or whatever, and that valuation goes up, your NFT goes up, and you're like, this, yes, the world, the whole world is going to move on NFTs. I feel like it's time for some overrated, underrated ones. Yeah, sounds good. So we we, we kind of you know got the inspiration from the the, the show you guys there, did. There was this guy. There was this guy <laughs> yeah. on YouTube and does overrated, yeah. underrated. We were like, we're not sure we know him, but yeah, he, he does this overrated, underrated stuff, and we were like, yeah. What's that, 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 I have I have two minutes. Awesome. Then let's fire to this. Uh, I'll I'll go quick first. The three horns. I've never done it before, by the way. I'm a little nervous. I've always the one. Oh, I have the lit. I have the words. I have the camera. All right. First, first, first one for me. The three horned heartpick. Underrated. <laughs> that's, so, that's a two beat red light own. I'm subjective, but I will say one random fact about the three word heart pick is the only character that's made up. Yeah. It's only... Not real. It's like the heart, there's no set, like there's no heart pick in the world. There's horses and, you know, apes and, you know, astronauts. Aliens. The floor price just went up on that one. <laughs> okay. Quickly podcasting in 2022. Underrated. Steve Aoki. Underrated. I like, I love that. He, uh, he did our like sports card threads and everything. He's such a great human. And it's like, he's getting, he's an entrepreneur as well. He's not just a DJ. Yeah. I, I got one of his uh, passports, Aoki Bear's passports. And uh, I think got the digital passport NFT LA. So I think I'm going to join that after this. <laughs> Jump in there. Awesome. Okay. Ficon. I mean, it's, it's, it's out of control. I was on a call yesterday. We, the production company that we have helping us like, set up the stage is so talented. They know exactly what they're doing. There's some really fun surprises Gary's like planning. And, you know, just like social media marketing world, John Luke, and now we're connecting like year and years later, that's going to be the same thing for some young kids or adults there. They're just going to have a good time, you know? Okay. Awesome. Last one for me, blue check marks. Overrated. Overrated, you know, it, sure. It's a verification process and like, you know, I worked hard to get one overrated though, in, in how a lot of people think about them because they think they need it to prove it to themselves that they're somebody. I like the business aspect of it where I can like DM it a little bit more recognizable in a DM. So I like it for that reason. And it's nice to be validated, you know, okay. but again, you don't need it. To fucking win the world. <laughs> okay, last one. A YouTube monetization. Underrated. I feel like too many people are not putting out enough content. Okay, nice. Awesome. And I Gino, think, uh, I yeah. Th 
We, yeah, we're right in time. Episode one of Underrated Overrated. <laughs> Use of five hero again. It was awesome. Okay, quickly, Diego, where can uh, people watch this or really listen to this episode? Yeah, for travel of the Iraq, thanks. Appreciate it, you coming on here or having this chat with us. And for the people tuning in and you might have missed it, the recorded version of this podcast will be released on the website, convos.com and all podcasting distribution platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And all I got to say, follow what DRock's doing. Uh, check out Decon uh, if you have the opportunity. And Chanduk. Yeah, and, and and people are putting things in the comments like, show this to him, show this to him. I think Drock just explained to you guys how you can reach out to him and when it works and when it doesn't work. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We look forward to getting you to the tropical country of Suriname one day because it's very close to Miami. So we're going to put some effort in nice that as well. And nice warm weather. But this was creative. This was social convos. See you back next week. Simply. Diego, great meeting you. Jello, great to see you again. No, um, thank you guys for having me. And then, and you guys forgot something. You got to subscribe. Guys. Okay. Yeah, subscribe to Diego's comment, YouTube like, channel. Comment. Like, comment. We're definitely not doing enough of that. So thank you for, for putting welcome. that in as well. We're heading backstage. Thank you for all of you watching or listening or shooting it. Peace out. Bye-bye.